you know they say, Doctor, nothing ventured, nothing blown. Oh, I'm talking to myself again. It's a good sign. Thanks, Doctor. Still here. No, shut up. I need to concentrate. Continue that sentence. Yes, here we are. It's been a while. <laughs> yes, it obviously has. It has yeah. been a while. We're we're here to talk about uh, Doctor Who, which is something that there's not really much to talk about right now, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a new series. Um, we still have supposedly the mess, the, the mystery to be determined. Uh, special that I guess was supposed to be the end of this year. I don't know if that's going to happen. I haven't heard anything about it since we watched the entire series, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a minute. Yeah. And a lot has happened since the last time we recorded in, yeah. I mean, generally in the world, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Not just, that's, uh, I can't even begin to unpack uh, what has happened and what's continuing to happen. Um, there's, there's, it, it, it's felt like a couple years <laughs> since since we finished the series. Yes, yeah, it has. And one of the things that happened was a pandemic. And we kind of all got stuck at home for a while and kind of still are a little bit, you know, to, you know maybe things are kind of starting to open up. But yeah, so we're, we've been stuck at home. And I would say one of the reasons probably why you and I haven't recorded something earlier than this was I would blame the pandemic a little yeah. bit. Yeah, um, I, I think that's fair. I mean, both of us, we uh, we have other things going on. Um, and then when all those other things kind of get confined to a home space, it's a little bit harder to figure out some of these um, things that we enjoy doing. Um, but it, it's a little bit harder to find that time to do these things, right? Yeah, I was, I was juggling full-time job and also uh, kids at home uh, who both were, you know, doing remote schooling. So that was fun. Uh, luckily, they're done with school now. So that, that alleviates things a little bit. So we, I mean, we've been wanting to. We've definitely been texting back and forth, been wanting to talk about Doctor Who. But there hasn't been a lot of news stuff going on, but there has been some Doctor Who going on so we figured why not get together uh talk about some of the things that have come out in the past few months and maybe even do a season 12 review season 12 review i mean this is our 100th bad wolf radio podcast episode 100 episodes we might as well wrap things up from this previous season put a nice little bow on it and crown this as our 100th episode, right? Yeah, we were hoping to do something a little bit more epic for our 100th episode. Uh, we reached out to, you know, David Tennant's people. They said <laughs> no no, th no, thanks on the interview. So, yeah, it didn't work out. But, hey, we tried. So. <laughs> we tried, right? It's the thought that counts. <laughs> so, well, you might think we're joking, but that's kind of true. But we'll, that, we'll tell you a little bit more about that later. That kind of uh, happened. <laughs> that kind of happened, but not really quite the way I described it. But uh, we'll we'll fill in the truth around that later on. 
But for now, I wanted to talk through some of the, so Doctor Who, I guess not really official Doctor Who, or kind of official Doctor Who, or official Doctor Who people were involved. But they did this thing called Doctor Who Lockdown, which was on YouTube. Which basically was, oh, I don't know, a collection of different types of content uh, that was, I think, like a gift to the Doctor Who fandom. Kind of like, hey, we know you're going through this pandemic. Uh, you're all, a lot of you are stuck at home. Here's some content, you know. And that was one cool thing about this pandemic, if anything cool came out of it, was it did seem like some of these, uh, you know, media companies did try to really uh, reach out to fans and the and different stars would kind of reach out and, and do these things. So, so Doctor Who had that kind of stuff going on, and there were there were a lot of these videos on YouTube. Um, and there's, I don't know how many they ended up doing. It was a lot, something like forty something, maybe. Yeah, I mean, when you that. when you mix in the, I mean, different types that they've done, um, interviews, different little shorts, everything else that they've kind of mixed in there, um, teaser trailers for rewatches that they were doing, watch-alongs. There, there's quite a bit of content out there. I would say that you could probably fill a full hour, which doesn't seem like a lot of just one hour, but when you fill up the hour with all these minute clips, there's there's a lot of content out there right now. Yeah. Was there so I didn't I'll admit I didn't watch them all. There was a lot, you know, just based on kind of looking at the description or title. I was like, eh, you know, not this might not be that interesting to me. But I did try to watch anything that felt like new original content. So, um, I don't know if anything, cause I don't want to go through and, you know, obviously we're not going to take the whole podcast and review every, every, everything that was released, but I did think it would be kind of cool to maybe point out a couple of our favorites. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there's, I definitely have like some of the original stories that they put together. Number one, I was floored by some of the shorts that they put together that were legit stories. Um, now some of them were written by Stephen Moffat, which again, kind of made me step back and think, or, and go, Whoa, what <laughs> this, this is, this is pretty incredible. Um, so there's those original stories that were solid, but then there's also just some of these random interviews that they did or random, like just clips of, of different people. Like, one um, from uh, Jackie Jackie Tyler. That's that is one of my favorite because uh, she Rose's mom. Very first series of Eccleston. She always made me chuckle. She seemed like she was playing a character, and then you watch her as she's not playing Jackie Tyler, and it's like <laughs> she is still. She seems very much like the character she played. Um, so it's just a funny little minute and two second clip that if you haven't watched that one, it's just a solid chuckle to watch it. She seems like she's genuine, like she is really a fun person to be around. Um, so that that was a fun one, just a fun little random thing that I, I enjoyed seeing. So did she, was she playing uh, the character? Oh, no, absolutely not. So she it was, was just, just her talking. She was just saying hi to the fans and like, okay. I'm glad that we can enjoy this together. Um and it, it was it was funny because she gets like 20 seconds into it and then she decides to introduce herself because she's <laughs> like, I don't know if you realize, but this is who I am, um, which was it was comical. 
So uh, the one that kind of surprised me, and it might have even been the first one that I noticed uh, that got me to kind of go to this channel, was the one that, um, the one titled Rory's Story. Oh, heck yes. Where they actually got uh, Arthur Darvel to come back, well, come quote unquote, come back from his house. <laughs> he, Because you know, all that's kind of, these people are all in the same situation as everyone else was. So any of this content was actually done from home. You know, yeah. so so not much of it was video content. A lot of it was audio, um, with either like animations or or something like that. But there were a couple that actually did. Some actors did come and do, um, and do this type of thing. So Arthur Darvel was the most notable for me, where he did this scene at playing Rory, and kind of um, you know from 1946 where he's trapped, and or where he was sent back to by the, the Weeping Angels, and he does this this whole thing where he's filming um, his, I guess, kind of like his biography, or kind of telling the story to, um, is it his son? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. I don't know, like, I don't know that I thought I was going to ever see Arthur Darvel play Rory again. So even though this is a little informal and it's not like he actually came back to the TV show, it still was cool to see him in that in that character. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, even if they tried to work Rory back into the show somehow, that that would be really hard considering he's back in 1946, um, everything with the Weeping Angle a- Angels. But yeah, that was that was a solid one, um, and it does go to show kind of the effort that it went into it because they even have. Um, Karen Gillan in the background, like yelling, right? Um, yeah, so she, a little she doesn't cameo. show up on, on camera, yeah. but there is a voice cameo. Yeah, and is written by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, obviously a well-known writer and has done, has written Doctor Who. So, yeah, I thought that was, that was kind of the standout star for me out of all of this content was, um, that one was. Well, if, if we're going for the standout star, the one that, that I enjoyed because it it's from one of my favorite Doctor Who uh, stories, one of my favorite episodes. It was the one titled Pompadour, um, where mm, it goes I knew through. Like that one. It, yeah, it's the girl in the fireplace, right? And and it goes through and like, Doctor, you told me that they're they were cataloging my thoughts and my my life, and they were storing it into a computer. Now, what happens if that computer starts to believe that it? that it is me and then it goes to the the ship and it's basically the ship reading the letter and i don't know these these short clips um are really well done and they remind you of some of those episodes and kind of fill in these gaps that you didn't really know existed these these parts of the stories that you didn't know that you wanted to have told and it goes ahead and tells them and they're really, they're really good. Um, there's that other one with um, the secret of novice Haim, which is animated. Tenant shows up um, with the cat nurse from the New York Gridlock episode with the second Earth, I think, or the New Earth, New, yeah, New, New, New Earth. Earth, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's another solid one. I mean, that's 11 minutes long, but such a just a slow um, telling of a story. It, it, have you ever l- listened to LeVar Burton's um, 
podcast that he does where he reads short stories for for his audience. I have not. It is a solid podcast. Small plug. Definitely, definitely <laughs> give it a, a, a listen, especially if you were a fan of Reading Rainbow as a kid. Such a great little podcast. But it, it had that same that same tone where it's just like a relaxing telling a, re, a relaxing um, listening to that story be told. Um, but it's a Doctor Who story. So another solid episode or a solid little short, the the secret of novice Haim. It's eleven minutes. Yeah, still worth it. I like that one too. I, I watched through that one, and so none of these are are animated in a traditional sense where it's right. like full on animation. But it's it's a lot of it's a use of kind of stills, so yeah. like still animation with um, some animated elements, but really it's just kind of an overlay of a character that shows up or something. But it's not you know, full on like animated short, like you may think traditionally, but considering the constraints, uh, this is a lot of this stuff is really impressive. And even the artwork on this was really cool and written by none other than Russell T Davies. Yeah. So, and he did a couple of these, um, him and Stephen Moffat both participated. So I thought that was cool to see, um, you know, Davies come back and revisit some characters that, you know, he was responsible for. Yeah, absolutely. And now that there's... one was cool in that, well, I don't know, like, spoilers, maybe? Spoiler alert? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, actually, I'm not going to spoil it. But that one's got, it's it's got a cool thing about it. Like, it's kind of the way that, you know, she's going to tell the secret, and you kind of listen yeah. through the whole thing. So I won't I won't spoil the ending. But definitely, that's one. If you're only going to check out a few of these, I would, I would recommend checking that one out. Yep. And now one that surprised, or two that kind of stuck out to me, because... I honestly haven't gone back and watched this episode of Tenet, maybe since maybe since the first time I saw it. Um, but there was the Shadow of a Doubt and then Shadow in the Mirror. After watching those, it was like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out what what in the world these episodes were about in the first place because those two shorts were like, wow, this is kind of creepy, um, and I needed to put those pieces together. So that. That reintroduced me to the episode The Family of Blood. Um, mm. And if I remember correctly, that's the episode where Tennant doesn't know that he's the doctor, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I need story to go line. back yeah. and watch that episode now. Yeah, that's uh, and that, those actually were some of my favorites. Although uh, some of the details I did kind of forget. So when this when these shorts came up, I was kind of I probably I think I had a similar reaction as you. Is kind of like hmm, I'm kind of forgetting why, why this is relevant or why there's this mirror. Um, so I probably need to do the same thing. But yeah, I think in that kind of you know that idea of the doctor forgetting who they are and then it being you know something breaks or something opens and it and it kind of comes back to them. I mean that's something that's very relevant to Doctor Who right now because that yeah. happened with uh joe's doctor joe martin so so yeah so that was that was kind of cool um and we we would be remiss if we didn't bring up our our friend danny pink (laughs) because if you're we would if you're a longtime listener of our show you know we we like to spend at least a little bit of time on danny pink if we get the opportunity and they did they did it they they gave us a danny pink story they did Rupert Daniel Pink, which you know what we joke about Danny Pink, but I like this one a lot. It actually kind of I got a little little tear in this in my eye a little bit on this one. 
I mean, it, they they give you such a great summary of his character in the three minute twelve second uh, little short that they provide us in like comic book form. Uh, I mean, you you walk away with those genuine Danny Pink feelings at the end of it. But they connect it in a way that the show didn't do. Oh, absolutely. Where they yeah, show kind of him right. as a kid, and we in that scene where he's in his bedroom and he's scared, and then they connect that to the doctor saying, you know, fear is a superpower. And then they show him at the end of his life where he, you know, he gets converted into a Cyberman and, you know, he becomes a hero. And, you know, that is his, you know, it's his superpower, like the fear that causes him to act. And I, th- I thought that was like a po- very poetic connection that I had never really connected in my brain. And this, this little short comic book short, did a, a great job of it yeah they i mean all that to say they did give us some pretty solid content over the past couple months um and i know one of the most recent ones was only from a couple days ago i forget whether it is considered the last one that they'll be doing it was from june 7th um the best of days where we get bill potts and nardle talking basically corresponding and Nardole's being all chipper because you know what we haven't died yet um and then bill's recounting what's going on and recounting what's going on in even current events um with things that are going on around the country so um really around the world um but i i don't know if this is the the last of them or if they're going to continue doing some of these shorter shorts but honestly like getting some of the Davies, some of the Gaiman, some of the Moffat little clips, it reminds you kind of of the, the uh, nuances that each of them had as writers and the way that they would tell stories and the characters that they've already created. And I don't know, there, there was some good stuff in there. Yeah. And this was notable because they actually got Pearl Mackey, and Matt Lucas to come back and do the voices for the characters yes. as they're narrating these these letters that they're writing to each other, right? Or voicemails, I can't remember now, but some sort of a communication. And they're, you know, so you're hearing the their actual voices. And this was written by Stephen Moffat. And uh, Stephen Moffat said that, I, he said this is the last thing he'll do for Doctor Who, actually. Which oh, is did kinda, he really? Which is kind of interesting that he made the point to say that that this was the last Doctor Who that he will write, uh, that he has nothing else to tell, no more, nothing else original to tell. So, oh, come on. How many how many loose ends has he not tied up yet? I'm sure <laughs> he has a couple good, uh, a couple more good stories in him. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, who, I mean, George Lucas said he wasn't going to do any more Star Wars, but so, you know, there, you never know. Yeah, if the right opportunity came back, it came up, I'm sure he'd come back to do something. But it was interesting that, he did make it a point to say that this was the last thing he would write for Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, I think we fi- think we finally found Moffat's sweet spot. Give him five minutes to fill, no more, <laughs> and we get solid stories from him. It was good writing. Yeah, I like. I really liked the back and forth between uh, between Bill and Nardle. That was, yeah. and you you know you miss you kind of forget these characters you move on to new characters and you kind of forget these old characters and then something like this pops up and you're like oh yeah i kind of miss those characters yeah absolutely Um, i felt like there was one more that i wanted to point out but now i'm like looking through the list and i can't osgood 
The oh yeah, Osgoods? that's yep. You called it Osgood. She was the other notable one because they actually got the the actress to come back and she did it on camera. She did a scene with with her and her, uh, I guess clone or I don't know what you would call that. The, the Zygon uh, replication. The rep, yeah, the Zygon pretending to be her. So uh, that was kind of interesting to see that back and forth. And then they're getting texts from the current doctor. Yeah, during it, which was kind of funny. So yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, that it was a good one, and I I like. There were a couple times where, um, in the different shorts with Osgood short with a couple of the other shorts, they would refer to past iterations of the Doctor, the current iteration of the Doctor, and then they would even drop some lines here and there about what we can only guess would be considered future iterations of the doctor there was uh specifically in the shadow of a doubt and then shadow in a mirror they referred to the redheaded doctor multiple times and the redhead doctor being the one that thinks that uh they are the final doctor um so at some point the doctor does become a redhead um but <laughs> it, it was interesting because they had a couple other different doctors in there one that stuck out to me specifically was um the doctor who couldn't walk um which was um, surprising to hear them say because that's definitely not a doctor that we've come across, but it also speaks to the diversity and the inclusivity of the role um, that they, they've they started to cast moving forward, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, those little tidbits that they drop throughout these different little shorts that are they, I mean, we've talked about in the past, what is Doctor Who canon? I have no idea. Um, is there even canon for Doctor Who? Who knows? Um, but and actually, haha, that no pun intended. Who knows? Um, but it, it, there's there's nuggets throughout all of these shorts. Definitely, definitely encourage anybody who hasn't taken some time to watch them. Sit down if you have an hour, burn through some. I hear I I always hear Tom Baker's voice now when when somebody says that. <laughs> who knows? And he like who touches his nose. Knows? Remember that. Yes. The curator or whatever. So, yep. um, yeah, even the in the novice Haim one, she says a line about the doctors had hundreds of hundreds of faces and but the but tenant's version of the doctor is her doctor. Yeah. Um, and she even said uh human, but then like the doctor has also been animal, which um I, think I did hear that. You're right. Yeah. Probably referencing because uh, the way that she, her people on her planet seem to be kind of like, you know, uh, Robin Hood-esque from Disney, you know, where all the characters are <laughs> are human-like, but they're still animals. And that's what it yeah. seems like that, that her planet is populated with. So so maybe the Doctor at some point regenerated into, into her species. So it was in, yeah. But, I mean, and we know now with the way the Timeless Child and, and the idea that there may have been countless versions of the Doctor before the first Doctor, yeah. then we know that it is very, very possible that there have been hundreds of of versions of the Doctor. Yeah. Like it or not. <laughs> like it or not, it's there. And yep. honestly, it, it's, it's kind of fun to think about it. I know that I might be in the minority on this one, but it's it's fun. I'll go with that. I'd say it's kind of fun. It could be fun. I don't know that I prefer <laughs> it, but you know, it opens up some possibilities. Uh, but we so another thing that happened is there has been a takeover of Doctor Who. 
Doctor Who is now owned by an entity, <laughs> at least <laughs> in the U.S. version. But the, it used to be if you wanted to watch old episodes of Doctor Who of the of the modern series, that the place to go for streaming was Amazon Prime. Yeah, and uh, before that, Netflix. Yes, that Netflix had it for a while. Then it went to Amazon Prime, and now it is HBO Max, and that transfer has happened uh, as of pretty recently. I think it was just last week or the week before. I can't remember that HBO Max launched. And that's when Doctor Who is officially now part of HBO Max, at least for not necessarily for new episodes. BBC America is still going to be airing new episodes, but for the for the library of the modern series, uh, it's now HBO Max. So do you have HBO Max? I don't have HBO Max. And that's honestly, I I'm slightly I'm slightly torn. I'm slightly disappointed that this move has taken place um i i i remember i remember where i was when you texted me and said that uh doctor who was leaving netflix and i remember that that panic that hit me when that happened and trying to figure out okay how are we gonna watch it and then it was picked up by amazon and it was like cool we're in a good place this is awesome um but now hbo max it's it doesn't seem as accessible to me like if i were to get hbo max it would be purely for doctor who there's there's nothing else on hbo max that i would be interested in at this point in time and yes i know they have a lot of solid shows and there's all the uh, warner brothers movies on hbo max and they do have content it's just not content that i'm looking to sit down for at this point in time so yeah, it's a it's a little bit it's a little bit of a, a hard sell for me. Um, I made the leap to HBO and what they called. I mean, they've gone through so many iterations. Yeah, they uh, have. And they had HBO Go, HBO Now, and HBO. Now it's HBO Max. I had when it was called called HBO Now, which was the precursor to HBO Max, and mainly because of Game of Thrones. Uh, I did watch that show, and so that's what made me make the leap to to buying it as a subscription. So, and it wasn't, I mean, the price point wasn't horrible, but now I can't even remember what it was. Um, it was like, like six bucks, right? Something no, like that. I think it was like 10 or 15 bucks, because oh, okay. basically you it was when they first started offering it, used to be you had to have HBO on your cable subscription. And then if you had that, then that means you would also have HBO Go. So you have all the content, and you could watch it on mobile devices, and that's what they called HBO Go. And then they, they created HBO Now, which was basically you didn't have to have a cable subscription, and you could just purchase HBO Now, which means you would have all the HBO content even if you didn't have a cable provider. Um, so that was HBO's first break from kind of the standard cable way of things. And that's when I bought HBO Now, and I believe at the time it was $15 a month. I think it may have gotten cheaper, but I can't remember. Um, I'm not great about checking like how much I'm paying for stuff sometimes <laughs> for these <laughs> subscription services. So, so yeah, so I had it just pre pretty much just for Game of Thrones, but then I started realizing there was some other good content, and so I started watching some of their other shows. So I, when HBO Max came out, basically if you already were paying for HBO Now, you just automatically were converted into HBO Max. So I do okay. have it. Um, and I opened it 
and it's actually I will say this it's a it's a big improvement over Amazon Prime yeah no uh, doubt no doubt the one my big complaint about Amazon Prime is it's hard to navigate and they ha- they always had the Doctor Who library really weird it yep. wasn't easy to find uh, what you're looking for they had the seasons kind of you know they weren't necessarily in any great order so you had to kind of search for the season that you wanted um, you couldn't just pull up like a list like you would expect like oh show me season one two three like and just let me scroll through the list um, you had to kind of search for them individually and then they had all the specials listed as like separate entities and then on top of that they would have like bundles of episodes so it'd be like our favorite David Tennant episodes or our right. favorite, yep. you know, or our bundle of Christmas specials. And it was like this weird way of organizing the content that I always hated. So now that it's moved to HBO Max, it's much more of a traditional what you would expect like for Netflix. Like you go to the show's page, you have the seasons listed in a drop down, you pick which one you want, and it shows you the episodes of that. And it's really easy to get around. They have the seasons broken down the way they should be. They have the specials in the right place. So if you watch them, because I had some friends that were watching through Doctor Who on Amazon Prime, and they accidentally skipped some of the specials because they didn't realize <laughs> that they weren't part of the season, right? Um, and so they actually, HBO, from what I can tell, they actually have all the specials, um, and they and they have them in the right place. So, so yeah, it's actually, from an organization perspective, huge improvement over Amazon Prime. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's the thing. Just looking at their their catalog right now of what shows they have, they do they do have a lot of content. I mean, my goodness, HBO is the one that bought Sesame Street, so it's like they 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 even go crossed uh, they they go all across the age demographics. Um, but yeah, they do, yeah. And we it, watched it, we like. I think now they're really trying to focus and make it more like a, a, a streaming service and not just a channel. And yeah. so they did, I think they did buy up a lot of content and they're going to be creating shows specifically for, you know, kind of with the idea of building out this library, um, uh, not focusing on just adult content. Like you said, they have Sesame street and I, I believe they got like adventure time, uh, which yep. was a really popular show. That was Looney Tunes. They have their own Looney Tunes series coming around. Yeah. So, so it's definitely, you know, I I would say right now it's the one because of Doctor Who, because Sesame Street for my daughter, we're popping that open actually pretty regularly um, along with Disney plus. So it's, it's cool. It's, I mean, if it's, you know, it's definitely going to be a competitive world out there right now with these different streaming services because every one of them has unique things to offer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This it's, it's a fun area right now, but yep. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look, look into making a decision soon. Um, especially, I mean, the deal, the, what would seal the deal is if they could get all the classics, if they could get classic who on there, I think I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be a, a question. Um, yeah, because sure. I, I do actually own vast majority of, uh, the new who just did seasons that I bought on, on my Apple. Um, but yeah, for classic yeah. who, for us, us viewers, it's still Brit box is the way to still go. Brit box, which I, I can't remember if I've still have that or not. I think I, I kind of turn it on and off depending on, you know, my interest level or my time to be able to dive into some of the classic who, and that hasn't been much lately. So 
I think right now I have it on pause, but, um, and the other thing right now, as we're kind of transitioning into talking about kind of recapping season 12 is, uh, HBO max has seasons one through 11 available right now. And BBC America has already taken down season 12 on their streaming. So you can't watch season 12 anywhere right now, streaming wise in the U S uh, unless you've purchased it. So that was something that I kind of was sad about because I thought I had them saved on my DVR, but I didn't check the settings and the settings only saved like five episodes. So, Uh so I didn't have the whole season. So I was trying to watch through some and refresh my memory, but unfortunately I wasn't able to revisit the entirety of the, of the season. That's so odd that they have that, that lapse in there that, there's that period of time where it's just gone and you can't get it anywhere um, until who knows when it shows up on HBO max. Um, it's just an, it's an odd thing to have it disappear like that. Yeah. I think it'll be probably as the new season is coming out on television is when they'll release this season. Um, I remember that from like Netflix when a show would end on TV, but you couldn't expect to see it on Netflix until right before the next season started to air. Yeah. It gave you just enough time to do like a quick binge and then and then go right into the next season. So that's kind of what I'm thinking we might see season 12 pop on pop up on HBO Max um before the next season of Doctor Who. So. But yeah, well, season 12. Season 12. 10 episodes. Pretty short season, I guess, or that's the new normal for Doctor Who. Yeah, the, the 10 episodes, but slightly longer episodes. So I think we ultimately get pretty much the same running time uh, as if we were doing the 11 episode series. Um, but yeah, only 10. So how are we going to do this thing? I know we, uh, we've we kind of always done these season recaps, or at least since we started our podcast, um, the seasons that we've covered. We've done these recaps are we are we ranking these things? Are we are we uh, putting a number rating? What's the what's the plan here? Yeah. So the way that I approach um, my rankings now, I I I rank and I also rate each of the episodes. Um, and we were talking before the uh, we jumped on and started recording, but just so everybody at home understands, I've done this for like the past four or five different uh, series that we've gone through. What I like to do is I like to basically take the approach that if I were to sit down tonight and I were to start watching through episodes in order based on like, this is the first episode I want to watch. And then I'm going to basically just pick the different episodes along the way based on how much I want to see that episode right now. That's my ranking. So what episode when I'm going to sit down right now, do I want to watch right now that's going to be my favorite episode and then kind of work my way down to the episode that you know what do i really want to watch it who knows i'm just gonna gonna let it go past does that sound good to you do you want to take that approach yeah man i'm fine with that i i i don't think i have as official of a list ready uh but i i think i i think up in my head i'm I'm good I can, okay. I can well, then this. this is going to be one of those word association games then because you get up the list of episodes and then I'll ask the question, Aaron, 
<laughs> if you were to sit down right now, what episode from this past series is going to be the very first episode that you want to watch? All right. So we're going to go down the list now? Yeah. Are you going to... First episode. Well, you do your first episode. I'll do my first episode. Got it. Okay, okay. All right. So I'm going to say uh, Fugitive of the Jadoon. Really? Yeah. I mean, that is that is the episode of Doctor Who in probably the last few seasons. I'm going far as far back as back to Capaldi that had the biggest impact on the Doctor Who mythos as we know it. And I like when they do that kind of stuff. I like it when they they kind of they really dig deep into the into the mythos. Yeah. So, I yeah. I fully agree. That's my if I were to sit down tonight and I was going to watch one episode from this past series, that is the episode that I would watch. Fugitive of the June. Not only like you said, not only because of the um the impact that it has on Doctor Who really across all of New Who, right? It 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 is that cataclysmic asteroid hurtling towards the earth that leaves an impact, right? It changes a lot of things. It started some of the adjustments that we get into even later in the series season. Um, but it was also beautifully shot. Like it really was. When I think of the episode, I think of them standing on top of the lighthouse and kind of those panning shots around the lighthouse and, and the camera angles. And it was, there were some solid scenes in there for how it was shot. When when uh, the doctor's digging for the TARDIS, um, and and Joe Martin is walking through the house, and you have just the, like the back and forth there, the reveal of the TARDIS in the ground. Um, there were some solid moments um, throughout that entire episode. Uh, that's that would be my very first episode that I would go to from the season, meaning that it is really the top episode in my opinion from series 12 and let's not forget that this is the episode that brought back jack harkness it is uh they mentioned the lone cyberman got brought up which became a huge thing later in the season this is this is episode five you know this isn't the premiere episode you know this isn't the finale this is in the smack dab in the middle of the season when you might think they might give us a filler episode right um, and it kind of even started off where it kind of felt like a filler episode. You know, you get the Jadoon show up, and they're not typically the the uh, the alien that shows up in the big ones, right? <laughs> you know, no, not at all. So yeah, that this episode was I I would say mind blowing uh, with the reveal of a new Doctor and all the mystery that surrounded her. Yeah, so, yeah. This is I think this, there's not even a like this was not even something I had to think about. This was nope. hands down the be the best episode of the season. I agree. I agree. Okay. You get to pick a second episode. What episode are you sitting down and watching next? So it's tough because this season did give us a little bit more where there were episodes that were part of a, you know, part one and two type thing. Okay, okay. So we have Spyfall Part 1 and 2. We have The Haunting of Villa Diodati, which was basically Part 1 of the finale. Yeah. Uh, the three-part finale. So it's kind of hard to break those up, right? 
you know i like how you're thinking keep going keep going (laughs) because they all connect so so yeah i don't this that's that's where it gets a little hard but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say and this is gonna kind of break your your rewatch thought because i'm gonna do it out of order but i'm gonna say the timeless children once again because of the impact that that episode has okay okay um, it reveals so i'm gonna say that's that's my second one okay cool cool i based on exactly what you were saying before with the uh different parts how things kind of tie together um my second one was the haunting of villa diodati which Mm. kind of gives an indication of where i'm going next but yeah um because of number one i I think we had some discussion when this episode came out that you weren't too high on this one in particular. I thought the dialogue was funny. I enjoyed um, the aspects of the story. I, it, it, the, the looking out the window, seeing the ghost above the water, all of that, it really worked for me. Plus to me, it does start setting up um, the next two episodes. So if I were to sit down watching a second episode, for the series, that would be the next one that I, I turn to. Yeah, I mean, if I was doing it the way you're talking, I would definitely watch them in order. But if I'm thinking from a, you know, a ranking perspective, um, that's why I would say The Timeless Children. Because I have a okay. hard time putting The Haunting of Villa Diodati as the second one I list when it's probably not even in my top five episodes of the season, you know? Ooh, really? Really? You would be that harsh on it? Um, I mean, it may be, it might be number five, but we'll have to talk through them a little bit. But okay, I, and I, I think that the haunted, the haunting of the Via Diodati, uh, that one, I, I didn't like the first part of it, but I once the lone Cyberman showed up, I, I really started to get on board with that one. So, so I do like that episode, and it does, it does connect directly to the to the the rest but okay so i'm gonna really mess things up here and i'm gonna go for spyfall part two (laughs) as my third one because once again the reveal of the master was a big deal and i love i love the master this season um i really i just really like his the way he plays the master it's it he may be my favorite master Really? Yeah, I love it. And like, so I was rewatching some of Spyfall today, and it it solidified it for me because I'm watching the part one. I was watching some of part one today, and and he's not the master yet. You know, he's just the guy. And he, you're, I'm watching his face. I'm trying to read like, okay, what what indications are there? Um, and my goodness, he's such a good actor. He is. Uh, and you could see, and I was I was pointing out to my wife. I'm like, watch his face, watch his face when he's talking to Graham. He's putting on a smile. He's putting on this really almost like goofiness about him. That it, and you can see the master kind of. It's almost like he's a puppet of the master. You know this 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 facade he's putting on, and it's almost comical as to how like nice he is and how big he smiles when he talks to Graham, and. I'm like, look at it. Look at the master. He's he's playing them. Like I loved it. It, was, it made me appreciate uh, those episodes even more. So, but Spyfall Part Two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Nice. Uh, I'm I'm going for Ascension of the Cybermen again. The the flowing of the haunting to the Ascension. Um, yeah, that's I I like those those stories um, a lot. Um, your turn. What's right. next? Give me go... give me your. You're you're taking the traditional approach. I'm taking the unconventional. So what's your next on the traditional approach for ranking? Um, I'm gonna say. Well, this is a toss-up, but I'm going to say Spyfall Part 1. Okay, um, really? Interesting. Yeah, because, I, and once again, from a rewatch uh, recently, it helped because just the characters coming back, you know? They're back, and the Doctor's back, and just that kind of first introduction of them in the new season and the in kind of the banter, I was really enjoying that. So, yeah, I'm going to say uh, Spyfall Part 1. Okay. Okay, so that was your number four. Okay, I should then... be writing this down so I don't like say one <laughs> twice. <laughs> my my four timeless children. Um, it's the complete. It's the uh, the final of the three story arc. It's the build up of the lone Cybermen. Then you have the ascension of the Cybermen, um, where you you start to really feel that tension, and then to have all the. I mean, really the the. Uh, frantic things that take place in the timeless children. Um, and then the ending, uh, I'm still trying to process the ending of the timeless children where everybody makes it home. We're all good. The doctor shows up, drops the TARDIS as the tree and then walks into her TARDIS. And then the Jadoon show back up. Um, I, I don't know what happens from there, but it's such a solid, like you said, many different reveals. Um, and then a great, great ending to it as well um so that is that is my fourth on to your fifth my friend all right so ascension of the cybermen part one of the two-part finale is going to be mine any any reasons um i think because it kind of rounds out the the finale you know i've already ranked the second part and it'd be weird if i put the first part somewhere too much lower (laughs) um but that that story as a whole i really enjoy there's some there's some weirdness you know i don't love every the guest stars that were in that one i thought a couple of them did pretty good a couple of them were uh pretty annoying uh i didn't think they were great good news is they die real quick yeah and like the floating cybermen drone heads that was kind of weird but i really did like the lone cyberman as a character and so I, I think the I yeah so I just kind of kind of just round it out. Go ahead and knock this one out. Yeah, cool. I'm uh, gonna jump to the second two parter, and I'm gonna take Spyfall Part One. I know that a lot of people give it the the we'll take number two over number one. Yes, it is the first part, and I do like to think of watching them in order. But ultimately, I did enjoy Part One. Um, there was just so much of the uncertainty of what was really happening. It, in my mind, I saw the Cybermen throughout that entire episode. Um, and that's what I thought it was going to be. Um, and it just kind of worked out that that's what, where the season ends. Um, but yeah, that to me, it was a welcome introduction back to the, back to the series. So that would be my fifth pick. Nice. Okay. So I'm up again. Yep. 
So you would think I might go with the haunting because that would be kind of like the first part of the finale. But if I'm being honest with myself, I liked Nikolai Tesla's Night of Terror more. Ooh, really? Yeah, that's my that's my controversial pick. That is a controversial, in my opinion, is a controversial pick. I liked the, I almost liked the the entire cast. I thought the guest stars this one were really solid. Um, I liked that the master came back in this one. And I just thought it was a really cool historical story. And I like the history stuff. So this one was strong. Okay. I, I'm taking uh, Spyfall Part 2. Um Master reveal, all that good stuff. Um, they, it did get a little bit funny mid towards the end to me with all the, the time hopping and stuff. Um, but ultimately, I don't think the episode falls or falters at all with any of that. Um, still really enjoyed it. So Spyfall Part 2. And I think um, we, both, my six. we both have misspoken, so I'll correct us now so our okay. listeners aren't, aren't yelling at us. But... The actual reveal happened at the very end of Spyfall Part 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's Spyfall Part 2 is when he's the master throughout the whole thing. So that's, I think we both said reveal when we talked about Spyfall Part 2, but people will probably call us on that technicality. So I wanted to correct us first before someone else corrected us. Nice, nice. All right, so I'm up, right? Yep, you're uh, on number seven. Okay, so I was right. It wasn't in my top five, but I am going to go for the haunting of uh, Via Diodati. Okay. So, and I mean, I'm going to say up to this point, we haven't hit we haven't hit the bad episodes yet. I think we're still in solid, all the way up to episode seven on my list. Solid Doctor Who going on right now. Yeah, I Great agree. Season. I agree. I do. I mean, you have Teslas in your top. Top six. Okay. he's. It's a little bit further down for me. Now that I'm outside of my uh, trios and, and duos, I'm going with Can You Hear Me? Um, honestly, going. I went back and forth in my mind on this one a lot. Um, but I think the personal aspects that we get, this is the one with the um, jump back to Syria at the beginning um, kind of the weird thing that's happening in the prison between two stars or two planets. You had the weird animated cartoony thing going on towards the end as they were explaining the story of the, the gods. Um, and then what, what makes this episode stick out to me is the very personal stories that are told throughout. Um, and yeah, we, we covered those covered those in our reviews, but those still stick out to me as, as a very meaningful aspect of the series. So falls into my seventh pick. Uh, can you hear me? So I'm going to say, can you hear me as well now? So it's actually my eighth, but I think this one had elements I really loved, but then there were elements of it that I just was like, eh, and I think the I, the idea of these gods was really cool. I actually liked the animation stuff. I thought that was cool. And I thought the actors that they picked to play these these characters were really good. The the whole finger thing, 
you know, the fingers coming off and going into the ears. That was weird. I didn't yeah. understand. Like, I just <laughs> thought was there weird. was a better way that they could have done that. And and then Yaz's whole backstory thing just kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't know how it was related. And I know we talked about it when we did our full review. But even in a – because that was another one I had a chance to rewatch recently. And even in a rewatch, it just felt like, how does this – why? why, What is this about right now? You know, it just didn't seem to be connected to the rest of the, sh- the episode. And, yeah, I don't know. It, other than just being a, a device to show a little bit more of her backstory, it just didn't seem to fit with the rest of the story. So okay. it, it fell this low on my list. Although, still a good episode. I actually really like this episode. Yep. So we're Agreed. all the way to number eight, and I'm still – Every episode is still in my thumbs up. Nice, nice. I I go with uh, Tesla's Night of Terror next. Um, I it, it's it was a good episode. It, there's there's not much or there's not a lot wrong with it. Um, there the scorpion creatures kind of threw me. Um, for being a historical episode, it really didn't. It it hasn't stuck with me. So it's not like I'm like, ooh, itching to get back to watch it. Um, if I watch it again, awesome. But I think the two times that I've already watched it uh, for the pleasure of watching it and then the joy of reviewing for podcast, um, I, th- I think those pretty much have set me up for that episode. All right. Agree to disagree. <laughs> That's probably our biggest... Uh... Right, like it's probably the the biggest difference between the episodes how we're ranking. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm gonna be interested to see where these last two fall. Which one? Which one do you go with next? What's number nine? I bet you could guess. Do you want me to guess? Yeah, guess which one out of the two that I'm gonna put as number nine. Praxis. Correct. Yeah. It's not <laughs> quite as bad as the I other one. As well. <laughs> um, I will say this though, Praxis had some good stuff. And once again, I actually liked the the different guest stars they had in this one. Yep. Uh, I thought there was some potential for return characters that may come out of this episode. Um, so, you know, it was it's kind of a middling episode for me. I wouldn't rank it as like, oh, this is a good episode of the season. It kind of just like, it was okay. Um, so, yeah, number nine, Praxius. Yeah, I agree um, with everything that's i i know that at the time there was some commentary um about the i don't i don't even know what to call it the 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 bad the evil the virus um (laughs) that that was impacting the episode uh i i i still don't i still don't see much to to disagree or that i didn't like about it um, but yeah, it's just not one of those ones that I'm itching to get back to. When we look at all the good stories, um, all the good episodes, all the episodes that we had reveals in or things that continue on, this is one of those filler episodes. It just so happens to be a filler episode that was actually decent. Um, but yep, that's my number nine, which leaves number ten as Orphan Fifty Five. Please for both tell of us. me what you think about Orphan Fifty Five, Aaron. For or- Orphan Orphan Fifty Five. So, I mean, the even though there was a cameo of the Dregs, in were they the Gregs? The Dregs. Yeah, Dregs. Oh, okay. Nice work. You pulled okay. that one. Okay. I know when we were doing the season review or the episode review, I was calling them the Gregs. 
<laughs> but the yeah, the dregs make an appearance in I believe it's the Ascension of the Cybermen. Yep. When, uh, no, 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 no. Actually, they appear in Can You Hear Me? Yes, Can You Hear Me? When Ryan's having his little vision about the end yeah. of the world. Yeah, and they show up. So that wasn't enough to elevate them in my mind out of the, the number 10 spot. So, yeah. I don't know. There's not. What can you say about this episode? It was just. I don't know. It just didn't. There was a lot of things that just didn't make sense. There were some weird characters. Um. Some we even some of the decisions made by the characters and the doctor and why they're dragging along all these people with them when they're going out of the you know they go they leave the resort they go out into the wilderness and it's like hey let's bring the old lady with us like yep. you know just some of that stuff just felt weird and it was the weakest episode and not you know I feel like by far the weakest episode and it was the first episode after Spyfall yeah so it was yep. kind of that panic moment. Of the season where you're like, you Spyfall 1 and 2, you're like, oh, that's cool. Masters came back. I like some historical characters. This, the season looks promising. And then Orphan 55, and you're like, oh, crap. You know? <laughs> so luckily, that was the low point. The low point happened early. And then it just kind of was only up from there. So, um, and once again, I wouldn't say it, it's not even in the, like, if we're starting to talk about the worst episodes ever of Doctor Who, I wouldn't say it's that bad. You know, it's not a, it's not like a, you know, dragon, chicken, egg, moon episode, you know, or the, the Sandman episode. Yeah. Or whatever that was called. You know, some of those episodes that are just kind of the worst of Dr. Who, um, in my opinion, I'm sure it has its fans. This, this is still not there, but it's definitely the low point of this particular season. Yep. I agree. And, and in a season where we had, um, I mean, you, you mentioned it a couple times, the guest stars, where it was like, oh, wow, they are filling their role and they're doing it really well. Um, this one didn't quite have that. There was, there was some rough, uh, rough characters. Vilma, Benny, the old lady, the old guy. Uh, it was, they were rough. You had Hyphen with a three, um, which was an interesting character to throw into the mix. Um, and then, like you said, there, there were some things that I think we tried to, or I tried to at least explain away in our review in regards to like making certain decisions and Bella and Ryan and the doctor just being like, whatever, we're out, like just going away on the TARDIS as everything's falling apart. Um, there's, there's a lot of different things that are going on where it's like, eh, it wasn't a terrible episode though. It just wasn't. It doesn't look good when compared to some of the high points that we have from the rest of the series. So, yep, it's number 10. But like you said, looking at some of the other series that we've watched, it's it's still middling. Like, I, if I were to give it a, a rank, I would still put it at above 500 when it comes to how good the episode was. So, it's we're doing like, good. It's at like a Kerblam level. Ooh, I would even put Kerblam below it. Would you? Oh, no, actually, I put it at the exact same level as Kerblam. That's what so, I just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is at a Kerblam level. Yes. Are you looking at my ratings? I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay. Actually, That's I'm not because I do have access to that spreadsheet, but I, I am not looking at that. I gave it the exact same rating as Kerblam. So, oh, did yep. you? Okay. Yep, we're I haven't. I, so these are your ratings are pre-thought out. Mine are a little bit more on the fly because I haven't given them number ratings yet, but I will as we talk through them if, we, if we're still doing that. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm still game. So that yeah, so so the season in general, I mean, out of those ten episodes, it sounds like we're both saying at least eight of them are pretty solid. You know, with only two that kind of maybe fall middling or lower. Oh heck yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which I would say is maybe the strongest season of Doctor Who we've had since we've been reviewing the show. Yeah, I mean that's the Cuz what was the... our first season that we reviewed? We we jumped into podcasting at the 50th anniversary. Yeah. So what was the first season after that? Is that season 9 or 10? Uh it's not 10. That would be season it, dang, it might actually be is it eight? more than that. Because it would have been uh, Capaldi's first season. Oh, really? We Dang. We didn't do any Smith because, well, I mean, we did the 50th. Yeah. But And we did do this the special, the Christmas special with Smith, but we didn't do a full season of Smith. So the first full season we did would have been Capaldi. Yeah, so that was eight. Deep yeah. breath. Eight, nine, ten with Capaldi. Yeah, okay. So we've done three Capaldi seasons, now two Jodie Whittaker. So we've done now five full seasons. I don't know. Like I feel like this might be the most solid season out of those five seasons. I like looking back at my ratings, I would say that it is the most consistent series that hasn't suffered the dramatic lows that other series have been impacted by hmm. i don't know i ranked series 11 pretty high so jody's first series is almost on par but yeah this one is this one does come above even the first series are you just doing like an average of your of your ratings yeah i'm yeah, I'm, yeah. cool yeah I was trying to remember just from, you know, I, I know every season seems to have a handful of episodes that were kind of hard on. And so I thought this was the season that maybe had, you know, with only two episodes that were kind of being a little hard on seemed, but also keep it in mind that the season is shorter too. So true. It's true. More, less of an opportunity for a bad episode, I guess. <laughs> but, I, I mean, but even that, that hasn't stopped it in the past though. <laughs> right. We've, we definitely uh, have still gotten those those good ones that have come through. Where it's like, ooh, where'd this one come from? So how do you want to do these number ratings? Just start at the top? Just start with Spyfall and go go down? Yeah, go for it. All right. So are we so we'll start with Spyfall one. And then um, now <laughs> this will be the tricky thing because I've done my rankings now. So now my number ratings should align with the rankings, but I don't. I'm not sure that they will. So I'll just say that right now, because um, this is probably be just kind of off the top of my head how I feel in the moment. And uh, if you take my ratings and then compare and be like, wait, that doesn't line up. That, that's very <laughs> possible that that's going to happen. But um, so yeah, Spyfall number one. I would say I'd give that a. I'd give that one an. Uh, seven or eight, eight, seven. I give that one okay. a seven. Yeah, I'm gonna say seven. Okay, I give it an eight. An eight out of ten. All right. Spyfall number two. I'm gonna say eight. 
I gave that an eight as well. Nice. Orphan 55. Yeah, where are you going with this one? Oh man, I'm gonna give this one like I'm gonna give this one a four. Really? Yeah, and, and keep in mind, a four doesn't. I mean, a four sounds bad, but there are episodes of Doctor Who that I would give a one. So, <laughs> four is not horrible. Okay, okay. I even with this being my least favorite episode of the series. I gave it a, a five. So okay. I kept it I kept it it's fair. at five hundred. Keeping it even. Alright. Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. I'm gonna give this one an eight. I really, really? like this episode. I just do. I mean it's a, kind of the same one. Remember with the Robin Hood episode? And everybody kind of panned that one. Yeah, I yeah, love, yeah. I love the Robin Hood episode. So there's certain episodes that I think just ap- appeal to me that just don't appeal to the the general fandom. And this is one of them. I just really liked it. Huh. I wish they I would do more a... episodes like this. <laughs> I, I I I will take a, a couple more episodes like this, but not this exactly. I gave it a six. Okay, that's fair. That's not that's not horrible. No, it's not not horrible at all. Fugitive of the Jadoon. I'm gonna give this one a ten. I this is the one episode from the series I gave I gave a 10 to. And looking back at my rankings of the other series, there is only one other series or one other episode that I've ever given a 10 to. And it was world enough and time, um, which is the one with uh, uh, where bill starts being turned into a Cyberman. Um, And you have Missy and all the craziness with the doctor. So, that was when uh, the master came yes. back and stuff too, right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. So it's in good company. Fugitive of the Jadoon is on that level. All right. Praxius. Praxius. Where do I want to rank you, Praxius? I'm going to give Praxius a five. Really? Okay. Is that higher than no, you thought? No, no. That that makes sense. That makes sense. You okay. gave a Orphan 55 a four. And then you gave Praxis a, a five. Yeah, that it could. It's a, it's on the high end of five. It might tip over into six, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with five. Okay, I gave it a six. To me, it's on par. There is it honestly. There's no. There's not much of a difference between this and Night of Terror. Okay. Can you hear me? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna give this one a solid seven. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I thought that was a good episode. Very good. So you're at a seven. Yep, I'm at a I'm at a seven for. Can you hear me as well? All right, haunting. I'm gonna say. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna give haunting a seven as well. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like my sevens. Okay. I'll. I got gotcha. you. I got it. I gave it a nine. Okay. That's that's a, high. That's high. It, I I I hear you. I hear you. Um, you might have to defend it, that nine a little bit for me. It, it was because I I did I enjoyed the dialogue throughout the episode. I enjoyed the appearance of the the lone Cyberman, especially since we had been waiting for the lone Cyberman since um, Captain Jack announced it in Fugitive of the Jadoon. It shows up. The I mean, after this episode. 
I went, I, I actually picked up, um, Shelly's books and I've, I've read it. <laughs> I've read, uh, what was the name of the other guy who wrote about the vampire? I read, I read the book about the vampire as well. Like this, this ignited something in me to go and do more than just Dr. Who it's a historical episode, right? Um, it so, ignited it ignited that interest in me as well, but I just meant that I went and read their Wikipedia pages. <laughs> so I did not pick up the books. I'm I have nice. too many novels on my to read list to, to go read some Mary Shelley right now. Oh, but but here's the thing. The now now the name is escaping me. What was his name? Oh, Polidori. The Polidori's book for the vampire. It, it honestly is only like 15 it's a short story so it's like 15 pages long something like that it's it's a good read you really have to pick that up and read it it's it's interesting so connecting those dots that's why i gave it a nine um to me it was a solid episode and it kind of reached outside of doctor who as well all right okay all right so we're down to ascension of the cybermen yeah um, this is where I think I, I've already uh, misrepresented myself because I rated Tesla at an 8. You did. So if I rate Ascension of the Cybermen anything lower... Then we have means, to adjust your order. Then my order is off. Well, my order is already off because I, I Tesla is already higher than Spyfall, which, Spyfall 1, which I gave a 7. So, so I've already thrown off my order. But I don't care. So Ascension, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Ascension of the Cyber, and I'm actually gonna give it a seven. So, really, yeah. See, and this is <clears throat> for everybody who's 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 listening. This is where you realize the difference that has existed between you and I since we've started podcasting. Um, I probably am far too gracious, and you do have the tendency, let's be honest, to be on the little harder side of things. Um, I gave Ascension of the Cybermen a nine. Woo! Even with those the, those cyber drone heads, honestly, they're gone. They're they're there and gone. The bad acting. Like the first eight or five minutes of the episode. Oh, the bad acting with the the guest stars. The they the all Cyberman die drones. within the first five minutes, and after that, no, it's they're solid. on the ship with them and stuff. Oh, but that, that lady's walking around with Graham. But that, that, that trepidation of the Cybermen on the ship and everything else, like, there, I was, I was invested in the episode. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the lady and Graham. That's good. I mean, you got, you got the romance in that episode. There's you no have romance. everything. <laughs> I, I think that that episode, I ranked it as high as I did on my overall list because of its relation to the Timeless Children. But as a standalone episode, uh, I I stand by my seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this this takes us to the timeless children. Yeah. Um, and this is where the harshness will come in from you know me because even though it's the second rated thing, I'm not giving it a nine. I'm giving to give it an eight. Really? Because, um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm going to give it an 8. Because there was some stuff about that episode. The Some of the things that really stand out to me, the Time Lord hybrid Cybermen, I think is really dumb. And okay. I have a really hard time ranking an episode as high as a 9 if it has an element in it that's that dumb. 
Okay. So there's I'll, my. Now that you've labeled me harsh, I will be harsh. I but. will. I will accept that. The one thing I want to revisit with um, the ascension of the Cybermen, another thing that just we need to throw out there, the whole thing with with uh, the man on the bike finding a boy in the basket, and then we have the whole like Patrick and the police officer, mm. and like watching him grow up and he falls off the cliff and then he gets up like that was another do you remember how much we've talked we talked about what in the world was happening there and just kind of like that build up anyways yeah that's true that's true that's a good point um but it doesn't now that the reveals have been made it doesn't have as big of an impact okay okay i got it i got it timeless children i gave that a nine as well I, Um, i figured you would (laughs) <laughs> um, and I try to think back on Doctor Who as a whole when I'm thinking about these rankings. And so I'm trying to think of some other episodes that I would be like, okay, that's a 10 or that's a 9. And some of my favorite episodes of all time. And so I, I, the bar is pretty high for me. You know, with some of the some of the episodes with Tennant and Smith and even Eccleston. Um, where there's just some really solid Doctor Who that I can literally go back and rewatch. Yeah. A lot, you know, yeah. and and yep. so for some of these episodes, although I really enjoyed the season, I'm giving almost everything seven and above. There were st- it still didn't reach the heights of some of the stuff, you know, in the in the library of Doctor Who that I have a hard time throwing out nines and tens. So I will give Fugitive of the Jadoon a ten because that stands, you know, that stands as one of the best episodes ever. But beyond that, um, I feel pretty comfortable with the eights and sevens. Honestly, I think I think you make a great case for going to the lower end of the scale um, with what you said about the the back catalog, if you will. If if, if we were to go back and compare some of these, um, maybe not the entire series of Eccleston or Tennant or Smith um, or Capaldi, even, but compare it to compare some of these to individual episodes. I, I think it. I think it would be interesting to, again, go back to that re rewatchability um, aspect of it. Like, how many of these episodes would we want to revisit um, two, three, four years from now and rewatch? Probably not all those, all that many. Maybe I mean, definitely Fugitive of the Jadoon. Maybe a few story arcs here and there, but yeah. Whereas there are some episodes where we can just rewatch them over and over and over again. Um, and they're still just as enjoyable, but yep. Cool. Well, we've done it. That is uh series 12 ranked two ways. Um, so you have them in a spreadsheet. What's the average of what's your average for the season and what's my average for the season? Average that out. Okay. So for the averages, you want to know your average compared to my average. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. So my average for the overall series uh, 12, um, the average rating was a 7.7. 7. Um, your average rating for the entire series was a 7.1. Okay. So we are not separated all that much. Um, the other, so by comparison, um, yes, this was series 12, what you ranked series 10, um, so two series ago, it was Capaldi's last one. You gave it a an average rating of a six point five. Um, 
So series 12 does surpass by 0.6 <laughs> what you ranked series 10. Okay, that makes sense. What yeah. what was your average of season 10? My average for season 10 was a 6.9. Okay. Um so yeah, I mean, so another, we were pretty I mean, close in ten. Separate, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think this season, although when I hear the overall rating, it sounds like oh wow, like seven point one or whatever. I, was it seven point one? Yeah, you had seven point one. Seven point one sounds low for as much as I like this season, but I'm gonna stand by my ratings. Uh, but I I thought this was a really solid season with only a couple duds, and even the one dud wasn't that bad, and. I I'm excited for where the show's going. I think that they really opened up some possibilities with some of the reveals that they've made. And yeah, I guess the next thing we have to look forward to is the special whenever that's coming. Probably sometime yeah. toward the end of the year. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the big thing. Looking back at the series, a lot of things have changed, right? They adjusted um <laughs> opened up uh expanded things in a lot of different ways. And it's not just the, the expansion and contraction that we had as far as like, where's Gallifrey? Oh, Gallifrey's over here. Let's go find Gallifrey. Oh, Gallifrey's gone again. Um, it, it's not that at play anymore. There is a lot of other stuff now that they can jump into. Um, the whole Joe Martin's doctor, was that resolved? Was it not resolved? Is the door still open there? Can they do more with, uh, that doctor moving forward, who knows? Um, it was it was a solid solid series, but it really is more. Where are we going from here? Um, it was a series that got you excited about the future of Doctor Who, future of what Chibnall's going to do, and really what happens with uh, Whitaker's Doctor moving forward. It, it's it, it it's going to be fun to see. Yes, yeah, and I. I love. I actually really. I like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor, and I like the companions. I was watching some episodes today and just kind of laughing at like Ryan and some of the stuff that he does, and kind of Graham playing cards with his friends. And it was just like I really have gotten to enjoy these companions and this Doctor. And I don't. I think I'm. I miss. And I know we've talked about it. I miss the Doctor standing out a little more. Um, and it feels like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor has has kind of blended into the cast a little bit more um, and hasn't had those big kind of standout moments. That's the one thing that I think is missing when I go back and watch Eccleston and Smith and uh, even uh, in obviously Tennant. Not as much Capaldi because I feel like he was kind of missing that too. Uh, but I kind of miss those moments. Those like... Yeah those standout moments where the doctor kind of makes a really cool speech or, you know, kind of has that, you know, stands up to, to an alien species or something. Um, I just saw the scene recently where Eccleston does the, the whole thing with the gas mask kids. Yeah. And the scene where the mom comes out and hugs the, the little boys, are you my mommy? And Eccleston's kind of like, Oh, it's, it's too far gone. There's not enough of the boy left. And then those little like glowing, floating things start floating around, and he starts getting excited. And he's like, you know, come on, you can do it. Da, da, da. And then it happens, and you know, he he does the whole everybody lives rose and all that. And I was just like, this triumphant moment that I got goosebumps that I don't, I haven't had that quite yet. Yeah. 
yep. with with Jodie Whittaker as much as I like her. Um, so I hope that we can get some more of that from from her um, in these in this next season. Yeah. Well. So. Hopefully, hopefully it will be here before we know it. But I don't know. The past three months have been a year, so we might be. Uh, it might be ten years down the road, right? Yes. We never know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So the last thing I'll say before we wrap up is we are. We were kind of joking around about trying to, to interview David Tennant, um, which is not happening. But we actually are talking to David Tennant's people because uh, we, we're we going to be, I believe, is if everything goes through, we're going to be working with Sony to help promote his podcast. So you may be hearing more about that on our episodes um, in the future. I believe sometime in August we will be um, helping promote his podcast um, and sharing some of that with you guys. So that's coming up. So if you if you already listen to his podcast, great, but we're going to help promote it too. And I think that's it. Yeah. And we'll try to do another episode uh, before three months pass. Is that how long it's been <laughs> since we've... Four months? I don't know. It seems like it's been a while. It's been a while. It's so a while. we'll... We'll, we'll, we'll try to do another one before too much time passes. Awesome. All right. Until next time. Oh, wait. I guess we should do the... Uh, eh, you guys know where to find us. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, I thank you, our, tw- our Facebook group, by the way. I know it's been kind of quiet, but uh, some of you guys have still been chiming in and sharing links. And I posted out there that we're going to be recording tonight, and some of you were jumping in saying you're excited to hear from us again so i appreciate all of you guys keeping that space going while we've been quiet for a while and now later days later days